0: Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voysin, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And I want to thank all of my listeners who join in from around the world to listen to the words of wisdom from our authors. Now, this morning, joining me on the line uh, from Oceanside, California, is Terrence J. White. A little interesting story about Terrence. I actually bank locally here, and I first met Terrence in the bank. And the more I got to know him and his helpful attitude, I found that he found out he was writing a book, and the book that he has written is called "My Joy in the Morning: Rising from the Ashes." It's a Westbow Press uh, book, a division of Thompson, uh, Thomas Nelson. And uh, it, it, actually, Terence is just a joy. He's a very positive uh, man. He's always up. Good morning to you, Terence. How are you doing?
1: Good morning, Greg. I'm feeling excited, joyful, and and looking forward to everything that today has ready for me.
0: Well, great. And I know that your book, um, what I'd like for you to do is tell our listeners, Terrence, just a a little bit about you and, and really why this book and why now. I mean, I was reading your story. You had started these little messages and getting them out to people about God and basically how God can help people and these daily messages are being read, but tell us <clears throat> how this book came about and and why you're so passionate about this ministry that you're doing.
1: Um, well, for me, I, of course, believe in God, and, and God gives us, you know, uh, direction. So the book, it started out with me getting text messages from one of the individuals who, who attended the same church as I. they would be really good text messages, motivational, to make you think, it make you want to do some type of action. And then one morning, God said to me, where's the scripture to back this up? And being, you know, a 25-year-old guy, I'm like, yeah, God, that's right. Where's the scripture? I'm ambitious and excited. Uh, So I'll pray for a little bit, found a scripture that that God wanted me to send back to him. And I started doing that for a couple days. And then I had the idea, hey, I can do this for more people. I can motivate more people. I can put more people to action and, and help them throughout their day because, when someone starts their day it's it's not always the most exciting thing because you have work, you have school, you have kids, you have those people that you influence or people who influence you, and they're not always lifting you up so fast forwarding a couple of months, um God spoke to me a little bit more on on it being my ministry and doing that, and so it went for me you know sending text messages to uh, about a hundred people to sending emails to about maybe 200 people or more throughout the world. Um, when I say world, I mean Kuwait, uh, Iran, um, Russia, Hong Kong, Japan. Just different people who have have gotten linked into into what I'm doing. And the purpose of it all is just to motivate people that action to to let them know that there is a, a greater power, there's a greater love that is out there, and and it's God. Um, and what
0: he wants us to do is, is to do something. Yeah, and so, so now, personal... <clears throat> let me ask you, yeah. because you say after two months, almost 10,000 text messages and numerous thank yous messages later, um, you basically just had this sending this massive communication is what happened. And this all started... Um, from one person sending you a message and you getting this idea, and about how many people are you reaching every day now with your with your daily messages and texts um, daily-
1: mm-hmm. just the individuals over a thousand
0: Wow yep so you've you've actually grown this uh into really being something where you're assisting a lot of people um in actually bringing into their life the messages that they need to hear. This is amazing. It truly is, Terence. You uh, just want to acknowledge you for that, and I and I'd, li- I'd actually like to get into some of the uh, some of the questions uh, for our podcast as well, because you have the first chapter that you start off is called "Weapons of Mass Destruction," and you say after you give a quote from from basically John Ten Ten, you're basically saying that hindrance is a stumbling block of progress. Anything that which stops progression or advance is a tactic of the enemy to bring resistance of peace. Can you explain truly what you're speaking about there and what the message is that you're trying to get across to people? Yeah.
1: So the the Bible says that the enemy comes to to kill, steal, destroy. Um, so if, if you look at just anything in general, when you have people who, who don't like you or some type of adversary, their main goal is to bring you down. And so what the, what the enemy does is he'll put things in front of you to cause you to, to, to stray in the direction that God doesn't want you to go. And when that happens, there's no happiness, there's no contentment, there's no joy that's in it for example if you look at if you look at job in the beginning of job it shows that that the, that the enemy and god were talking and the enemy was saying hey i can make him not love you and and all of job is just an example of of the enemy trying to get job away from loving god which wasn't successful but when you look at it in our lives and i'll I'll speak personally for example um There's been events and and individuals who I've met and thought that they had my best interest in mind, but realistically, their lifestyle didn't match up with mine, and by joining them in whatever endeavors that that they wanted to, to embark on, it caused me separation from God, which takes away my peace, takes away my joy, takes away my happiness. So with the enemy's job is to get us from the presence of God. A lot of places in the Bible it talks about you know, death, and, and death isn't just you dying. Death is a separation from Christ. And the enemy, his, his whole realm, his, his definition is, is emptiness, it's void, it has no form, which is death. Because if you look at someone's life and they have nothing, they have no purpose, that's just an, an imagery of what death is. And so what I was saying in that, that whole portion is that you have a weapon, and your weapon is the Bible, and what you're supposed to do is not allow the enemy to to place stumbling blocks before you, to get into God's presence and battle with the Word so that you can, you know, cut the negative thoughts that, that the enemy wants to put in front of you, and, uh, The Bible also says that that God provides the power to pull down strongholds, which are things that that pull us back from peace and pull us back from from uh, peace and and power of God.
0: Well, and I believe in that so much, and I think for my listeners out there that are spiritual in nature, um, they don't even have to be. I think there's just so much common sense here. I think if if you look at uh, not only these biblical passages, which you've conveyed so articulately in the book— Um, and then with some uh, actual, uh, what I'm going to call it, your writings afterwards, um, you're very articulate here in helping people um, understand these various phrases in the Bible as well. And one of the things you say is you say, um, the word of God is clear that we ought to be in constant prayer. And then you say, but why? Um, So my question for you would be, you know, constant prayer, people might say, well, you know, Terrence, I don't know about that. But uh, the reality is if, if you put God first, which I think is the emphasis here, um, all else will then be given unto you. So can you kind of clarify for the listeners out loud, you call it out loud and you have it in bold words, feel the burdens lift, the peace enter, and the wisdom speak
1: yeah definitely um, matthew six thirty three speaking first, the kingdom of God, and then Paul talks about uh, I believe it's Paul, who says to pray without ceasing and let's let's let me kind of define what what prayer is because a lot of times people will get the idea that, okay, so uh, I need to go in the room, get on my knees, bow my head, put my hands together, and sit there for an hour and talk to god that that is prayer, but that that's not all that prayer is. Prayer is simply communication with God. If you look at Jesus, there are times in the Bible where it says that he went off to the wilderness in place. So he, he went off to a, a separate place where nobody was just to have communication with God. And that's what prayer is, communication with God. Just as you would text message to somebody, write a letter, send an email, or, or vocally say something, that's communication. So when you're communicating with God, it's, it's you listening to him and you, t- you talking to him. So just right now with us talking, it's it's a form of communication. So if I am driving in my car or riding the train or running, by me placing my mind in this in a state that, okay, God, I want to hear what you have for me, and I need to listen, and I do anything else. You can run and just not, not do anything but focus on what God has to say to you. That's mm-hmm. communication with God. That's a form of prayer. You can walk around and, and just simply speak in your mind to God. Hey, God, you know, I really I need help today. Um, I'm not liking my job. My job is really putting a penny on me. I, I don't have money for my rent. I don't have growth. These people in my life are, are really bringing me down. I need some type of assistance. I need to have, you know, a, a joyful experience, and I'm not really experiencing that joy. All that is communication with God, and it's not you being in one specific place or one specific thing. A lot of places, a lot of people nowadays say that, that, that they don't have to go to church because God doesn't reside in the building, which is, which is partly true. God doesn't reside in the building, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to go to church, because if you look at Joseph, <clears throat> when he was dreaming, he said, how dreadful is this place? And that word dreadful, if you look it up in the Greek and Hebrew, is how awesome is this place? Because he had a revelation that wherever God was, he could be. So he was in the wilderness. That wasn't in a building. He wasn't in a specific, you know, dwelling place. But he had a time with God where he had communication. And so that same revelation is that wherever you go, God is there.
0: Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that on reflection. You have a whole chapter on reflection and a quote that I think that anybody knows is, is, God created man in his own image, in the image of God created uh, he, him, male and female, created he, them. That is a statement from Genesis 1.27, and I think uh, that people know that one. But you say there's been this plan that— uh, he has been for you to walk in His likeness. Um, I think that's what you're speaking about here. But convey to the listeners, then, that if they are constantly in touch with this universal power, this energy, with this God source, um, that truly anything can be given unto them if they have the faith and belief in it, correct?
1: Yeah, that's that's definitely true. <laughs> hmm. And the key thing is that um, that it he God will give you He'll supply all your needs. And the last part to Matthew six thirty three is is for according to His riches and His glory. So when when we're receiving those things, it's not just for us. It's, it's so that He can be glorified, and that's why we were made in His image. I mean, if you have a child, you would want to raise a child, you know, in in how you are, because you know the best things for that child. And so when we're walking in the image of God is for us to, to be in his likeness, look at all the things that he did. And his word says that greater things will do than I did. But the only way to do that is if we, if we walk in his image and obey his commandments. And the commandment that he has is that we love ourselves, we love one another, and we love him. Mm-hmm. So his
0: of love. What and would so, you What would just... you say to those people that are listening out there right now to this podcast, Terrence, and saying, "Well, you know, I've really had some bad things happen to me. You know, I uh, I lost my house, uh, went through a divorce, uh, I had some financial challenges, whatever it might be, um, I lost a child, lost a lost a loved one." Um, what would your answer be there for for where God is at that point when people are feeling so sad and feeling so dejected and feeling like uh, there's nobody there?
1: Yeah, um, two two well, three things come to mind. One, the Bible says Jesus wept, um, and sadness is 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 okay because it's an emotion that God gives us to to realize how much we we need each other. Um, Hebrews 10, 25, so it's for a second not to gather another brethren. But when it comes to you experiencing some type of grief, that's, that's a natural that's a natural emotion. And it's in no way will you be happy about it. In no way will you always not feel it. But what that is, is it's an opportunity for you to let God be God and let His His glory take place. Um, when it comes to death, it's that's that's not a bad thing because when you die, you will go somewhere, and God gives the option for you to go to heaven or hell. Uh, I believe it's Deuteronomy that says, "I've placed before you life and death; choose life." So even in, in the New Testament, uh, it says that Jesus will wish that all men are saved. And so when it comes to someone passing away, that's that's the opportunity for you to go where you have chosen to be by your lifestyle. Um, so I think death is, is, is painful, but it's where you start that eternal life of God in paradise where you never experience uh, any, any type of infirmities. Right. If you didn't have a leg, you go to heaven and you didn't have your leg. You know. So it's, it's, it's a great thing, even though it's, it's painful.
0: Well, let's talk a second about, and you call them bring them out. That's this uh, chapter. You said temptations are an opportunity for you to prove yourself to yourself. God's confidence in you has allowed you to experience the joy of overcoming, overcoming opposition. Can you comment on that? That the the, the, the if, if people can overcome these oppositions with this belief in this faith, um, what's basically the the kind of the best outcome here? Because you're talking about bring them out.
1: Yeah. So bring them out is is me expressing to others that what is in you can come out, and that's exactly what my joy and morning is all about. Because the Bible says. To not forsake the the trials and temptations because in that it brings patience. And if you've ever had any type of goal, I want to lose weight, I want to live this type of way, I want to not do this one thing. Once you accomplish that, there's more confidence that is in you. And so what brings out is all about is that you you have confidence, talents, a lot of things that are in you. And as you activate that that faith then who you are will be brought out to a greater expansion.
0: So that's basically what, what you're, you're saying there. Now, one of the things you talk about in, in this is committed. Uh, that's one of the chapters. And, and moreover, it says it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And you speak that a decision to follow Christ is what you have committed to live. In that decision comes a duty. Um, that you remain faithful. Um, Let's talk about this commitment. What does it take truly from people um, if they're really to receive this enlivened joy uh, in the morning as you're speaking about it as far as their commitment? Um, This isn't a part-time job, is it?
1: No, definitely not. It's... it's (laughs) It's completely overtime, past full time. Committed is, if you're committed to God, is, 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 and, and plain, as plain as I can make it, you have to die daily. The Bible says, pick up your cross and, and you have to die. And, and dying is dying to yourself because, um, I believe it was in Genesis like seven or eight, the Bible says that God's seen the wickedness of man's heart, um, and because of that wickedness, there was a flood. And that's just an example of what happens when we seek out our own self, when we seek out what we want to do and not listening to, you know, the voice of God or or the peace that he provides for us, is that we experience that separation that we talked about earlier. Um, And so committed is is you doing simple things like finding a church home, not going to like six or seven churches, one church home, serving in that church— uh, being on the usher team, playing an instrument, whatever it could be, serving food, being on hospitality, and you serving that pastor, you being a steward. Um, the Bible says in Galatians 4, I believe, that even though we're rulers over much, we can be you know princes and kings, we're still a servant until the time comes for us. And so committed is you submitting yourself to God in everything you do, your finances, your lifestyle, your relationship, because he says that he would wish that we would have all of our desires. But the only way that we do that is if we walk in his image, which is commitment. Jesus himself says that I do nothing on my own power. He says I say nothing on my own power other than the power that my father gives me or the things that my father's tell me to say. So he was committed to his father. So why would anyone think that they cannot be committed to God and be
0: successful? Well, so true. Now, you you have a chapter here called "Dead or Alive," and you started off with a very long quote, but then you go into this story about uh, a man that you met at a transit center here, who was anyone could have uh, taken as a bum, and you ask him a question. You know, have you ever read the Bible? Um, tell us a little bit about that story and what it meant for you, and and for somebody who's out here actually being an evangelist of sorts, as you are, um, helping somebody like that and understanding a little bit more?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, So I was at the transit station and seen a man, and definitely for me, my perception is that he looked homeless. And so I asked him, hey, have you read the Bible? He's like, yeah, I read the Bible, and he had some papers in his hand. And to sum it up, the communication between him and I I approached him like, hey, you know what? You look like you need prayer. Let me pray for you. Let me give you faith. And in reality, he gave me more faith than I had in that encounter, because from the conversation, he was telling me, you know what? I'm happy because I woke up, I prayed for a job, and at the end of the day, I got that job. Hmm. And so it, 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 it showed me that no matter what, God will be true. He's no respecter of persons. And he will always answer prayers, no matter if we feel alive and joyful and ready to go, or if we feel dead and dreadful like nothing is going wrong, nothing is going right. He will always be there, no matter how things look. And the way that I looked at it didn't look like he was there, but... He was there, and, and I received more faith than than
0: anything. Well, that's a great story. And, you know, it's it's you saying here, what's better than a gift is knowing how to receive that gift continuously, and that the Bible teaches us how to live a prosperous life, enjoying spiritual happiness and the favor of God. Evidently, Doug was one of those people who actually knew how to receive those gifts um, continuously, wasn't he?
1: Yeah I would, I would definitely I would definitely agree with that. It's it's a challenge and I think what gets in the way is pride uh when it comes to to submitting and receiving.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now you have a, a chapter called Fail Question Never Exclamation uh point. Um I think it's interesting and you talk about Um, election, divine choice, predetermination of God, by which people are set apart as objects of mercy, become subjects of grace, and sanctified and prepared for heaven. Can you comment a little bit on this fail, question, never exclamation, and what you mean by that?
1: Yeah, um, and this this is one thing that I have come to understand, is that, People don't love themselves. And the result of that is that we experience failure. But in realizing who we are, we should never fail. And I'll go into, into an example of that. I have, uh, I have a friend of mine who, who's had some hard times, hard times financially, hard times family wise, um, you know, kids being taken away, divorced, those types of things. And it's caused that person to feel like they were never loved, that they have no power, that that God has just brought so many things down upon them. But um, just ministering to that person and, and, you know, sharing scriptures on life with that person, they have come to realize that everything that they've experienced has not been because they were a failure. Everything that they've experienced is an opportunity them to give all the situations to God, and understand that I wasn't created a failure. I was created to fail never, or never fail.
0: Good point. Great point. Now, um, Terrence, what would you? What final message would you actually like to leave to our listeners here? um, about your book and about your message, you know, the, the important thing is, is that they can obviously get, um, joy in the morning because you have a website and you, I should say you have a blog. Um, you have this book, um, tell us a little bit more about where they can go to get this book, uh, about how they can get access to you on the web and have access to you through, uh, email as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, my whole goal with My Joy in the Morning is to help individuals to action. Um, anywhere throughout the Bible, there's action. He told Abraham, go and I'll show you a place. He told his disciples to, to go and make disciples and, and battle. Um, and the scripture that I base everything on is Job 8-7, which says, Though that beginning was small, yet my lot of end shall greatly increase. And to me, what that means is no matter what, if you start something, it will end in great measures. And that's just, the, the book is an example of that in my personal life. Um, but you can definitely check out the website. It's com. I have a uh, Facebook. You can reach me on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash parents. And then the number one. Uh, I'm also on Twitter. It's Terrence J underscore White. Um, you can find the book on my website, which is com. If you have the Nook or the Kindle, or if you just want to get a copy from online, you go to com. also amazon.com.
0: Great. And uh, Terrence, I want to thank you so much for being on with us today. And for my listeners, we've been on with uh, Terrence White, a, a young author of 25 who I just uh, met probably about a year ago, who was working at, believe it or not, a Chase Bank here locally in town, has written a new book, and it just shows what his passion, what passion can do um, if you really just stick with things. Um, the book is called My Joy in the Morning, Rising from the Ashes, and what Terrence has done is he's taken a series of uh, quotes from the Bible. And then he's articulated on those. Um, The book is, in essence, uh, something that somebody could almost just pick up anywhere, open any page, and get inspiration from. Terrence, I want to thank you for being an inspiration to our listeners as well, especially those that are more inclined toward listening to the uh, spiritual message and also understanding um, really the goodness that God has for people. Um, and truly how blessed we are if we just look for those blessings um, through the words of either the Bible or whatever uh, works we might be working with, um, that it's all there. And you've been a joy for us today to kind of articulate that message, and I want to thank you for not only uh, being courageous enough uh, to step out and write a book like this, but also be such a, a very articulate uh, young man at such a young age. So thanks so much.
1: Thank you, Greg, and, and appreciate the conversation and the opportunity. It's, it's been it's been a blessing, and, and I know God has a purpose for for you, and me, and, and everyone out there as long as we just tap into Him and listen.
0: Thanks so much, Terrence.